What a difference the last couple months have made because what a last couple months they were. Remember everything that happened over the past few months. We've got banking crisis, we've got massive difficulties, we've got financial fallout, and now it looks like we have economic fallout, almost immediate economic fallout in one place that much of the world was counting on to save us all from the 2008-style scenario. I'm talking, of course, about China. Now, I sat here repeatedly over the last several months and said, don't buy reopening. It's not happening. And whatever was going to happen of reopening, it was far more likely that trouble in the global economy was going to kill it off than it was that China's reopening was going to save us from the killing of the global economy. And then along comes everything in March. Banking difficulties, SVB, Credit Suisse, global banking crisis. The inevitable fallout from it was inevitable. It was going to happen, and it was going to happen all around the world. We used the term globally synchronized. I mean, we laugh at it from the 2017 claim that globally synchronized growth meant something, but it was always about globally synchronized, not the growth part, because the economy has been synchronized around the world through the Eurodollar system. And so when one thing happens in, say, the banking sector, you can be pretty well assured that it's going to have an effect not just in those local banks or around those local banks, but far and wide. Global banking crisis means global economic fallout. And here come the Chinese who have been hyping up, or the Western media have been hyping up China's, China's reopening, and the data they reported yesterday basically put the nail in the coffin of all of it. Not just reopening, but, but essentially the, hey, we're going to avoid recession because of China and everything else related to it. But let's go back. Let's go back a couple months. Let's go back to early March. Before Silicon Valley Bank, the Chinese government reported its February PMI. Remember the manufacturing PMI that surged to 52.6, which was the highest in a decade. And everybody said, okay, here comes China reopening. We were right about this. Once the government of China let go of zero COVID, let the, let the economy, let the country go free, the economy was going to soar. And that would be the magic that saved us all from anything bad happening in 2023. Here's what Bloomberg had to say about it. China's economy is recovering faster than top officials had expected with its COVID outbreak on reopening passing rapidly. According to a person familiar with the matter, suggesting the government will be restrained in rolling out new stimulus measures this year. Now, while they're going to be restrained in rolling out still new stimulus measures, the mainstream, uh, mainstream media in the West took that to, be, to mean confidence in this reopening recovery boom. It was going to accelerate even such that we would see massive economic impulse, credit impulse and economic impulse all throughout the global economy, no matter what was happening in the United States or Europe or anywhere else. Or it was going to save us in the wake of Silicon Valley from the fallout from Silicon Valley. So that was how we started. Here's how it's going. As of, the, as of last night, the Chinese government reported pretty awful statistics across its own economy. And here's Bloomberg again today. The latest data suggests that key parts of the upbeat case for a global pickup, not key parts, the whole thing, aren't working out as hoped. China's reopening after an abrupt pivot away from zero COVID policies has run out of steam and a mild winter in Europe hasn't been enough to revive Germany's industrial base. 
The growth optimism from the start of the year has clearly given way for more sense of reality, or simply disappointment, according to Karsten Brzezinski, global head of macro at ING. China and Europe are already losing momentum again. With everything going on in the U.S., the second half of the year doesn't look any better. In fact, it looks exactly like, as I said yesterday, what markets have been pricing and telling you all along. This is not me sitting here saying, I told you so. It's me sitting here saying, you gotta listen to the markets and the curves. They told you not to buy China reopening is anything more than a limited case. And they also told you that the fallout from March would be immediate and harsh. And here we are talking about April data in China that was thoroughly disappointed, if not disturbing. And yes, we'll get a little bit to Germany as well. But first, I'm Jeff. This is Eurodollar University. Thank you very much for joining me. If you're interested, Eurodollar University has memberships available, exclusive video content, exclusive content about what the monetary system globally is, what is a reserve currency, why the Eurodollar is it and not the dollar, and what that actually means. We also have research subscriptions available. I do a daily briefing. That's a partnership with MarketsInsiderPro.com. Stephen Van Meter, Tracy Shukart, and myself together in a bundle. I also do a daily deep dive analysis. That one's at Eurodollar University, the website where we dive deep into all of these topics. What is going on in the marketplace, in the money marketplace, as well as what that means for the economy and everything else. All the information available for you, Eurodollar.University. As I sit right now, copper prices have fallen again. They're down to around 367 per pound in the US market, the CME, these are copper futures. Gold is down a little bit, but copper to gold ratio is right about where it was. It's a little bit higher than where it was last week when it set a new low not seen since 2020. So the metals market, along with these forward rate markets, along with yield curves, along with basically everything else, Really, since February, right around the time everybody was thoroughly enthusiastic about reopening, markets turned in the opposite direction. They could see it was not going the right way, that, that reopening itself was never going to be enough, and that the global headwinds from the pre-existing recessionary forces, the inventory cycle in particular in the United States and elsewhere, were going to suppress whatever momentum there would have been from China reopening. So whatever positive contribution it was going to make before March, there's not much left for it to make after March because March was a pretty decisive interruption in terms of deflationary money, therefore leading us into a deflationary economy that, as I've mentioned several times right here on this channel, as well as in our research subscriptions and everywhere else, deflationary economy has already shown up in China in these same ways. So even before, this is not a surprise that China reopening is not working. It is a surprise only to those in the Western media who have not paid attention to markets and not just copper, not just financial markets either, but even something like the Chinese yuan. China's yuan had been screaming higher against the US dollar from practically the day the Chinese government announced it was gonna scrap zero COVID. China's yuan surged in what was a bout of optimism, because it sounded like, it sounded like a reasonable explanation. It sounded like a reasonable, a reasonable case for being optimistic about 2023. Because if you thought that China's economy was being held back by 
pandemic politics and the removal of those pandemic politics would solve everyone's problems. And for a couple months there, really late November into December and only part of January, there was a reopening frenzy. But again, that was more of a media creation than anything else. So China's yuan didn't rebound all that much. Um, other markets like copper, they didn't rebound all that much either. And many of those began to roll over in the middle of January. So before we even got to the big PMIs and all the real, real hoopla and hype around reopening, markets were already turning defensive after never having really bought into the reopening story to begin with. So we knew all along that reopening was limited and that especially after March, it basically had no chance. But it's not just about China, but it also means global. It means global demand because China still makes a lot of goods that the rest of the world wants to buy. We saw Chinese export statistics that looked relatively okay in nominal terms, but probably weren't in real terms. And now we have the big three economic accounts for China. That's industrial production, which is really about external factors that we're talking about here. We got retail sales, which should be surging and sound like they're surging when you see the number, but they're really weak, really bad, which is where reopening was supposed to have the most effect. And then, of course, maybe the most concerning of the bunch, fixed asset investment, because they're not investing much in China, at least the private sector, and even the public sector isn't investing much either. Because that's what everything has, has added. It's what everything has been building up to. Again, the markets have said, have prepared everyone. This is what was going to happen. On our road to zero interest rates next year, in all likelihood, what would you see that would be any different in us getting to, the, to zero's interest rates? One of those would be, China's reopening not coming up anywhere close to the hype. In fact, it's not even it's it's not even uh, that it's not living up to the hype. It's it's completely reversing. It's completely falling off, and it's only going to get worse over the months ahead. So here's the statistics from the Chinese government. Let's start with retail sales. Retail sales were up 18.4 percent year over year, which sounds like a huge number. China's back. In fact, I saw a CNBC headline that was written last night that said this portrays more economic strength before apparently someone at CNBC tapped him on the shoulder and said, no, 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 this is not a good number. Not, as it, not only is it well below expectations, we have to keep in mind all of, these, all of the data that we're talking about today are being compared to last April. Last April, when a lot of China was completely locked down, the Shanghai lockdowns and everything that went along with that, restrictions and travel trade and everything else. So last April, retail sales had fallen by 11.1%, had fallen by 11.1%. So comparing retail sales this year to retail sales last year, they really should have been up by a lot more than 18%. Because when you do the math, we compare retail sales in April 2023 in nominal terms, to retail sales in, say, April 2021, they're only 5% higher, which is a bad number already. Because remember, before 2020, retail sales in China had never been less than 7% year over year. And here we have a two-year change in what's supposed to be a reopening economy with all of these stories about how great it's going, especially among Chinese consumers. And retail sales are up only 5.3% over two years ago. It works out to a 2.6% annual rate. 
we know what the weakness here is. It's the housing sector, the real estate sector, because Chinese consumers have so much of their savings held up in a in a property area of real estate that is becoming even more shaky and uncertain as time goes on. Again, I cited the FSR statistics and household mortgages, nothing good in property. As far as the global economy is concerned, that's Chinese industrial production. Industrial production was up just 5.6% year over year. Again, remember last April, a lot of production shut down. Industrial production last April was minus 2.9%, so we're only 5.6% better than last year. Compared to April of 2021, industrial production is up just 2.5%. That is, by the way, a 1.2% annual rate. The most concerning aspect, as I said before, fixed asset investment somehow slowed remarkably, four-tenths of a percent, four-tenths of a percentage point, from March to April. Accumulated basis, which is how the Chinese like to do it, which is year to date, January through April compared to January through April the previous year. Accumulated FII total 4.7%. These are incredibly low numbers to begin with. That's an accumulated basis. On a private basis, just private FII, which is really where China's economic growth comes from, just 0.4%. And it was down 0.2% just in April. So compared April 2023 to April 2022, private FAI down 0.2%. That's my calculation. Accumulated basis, state-owned enterprises, FAI, which is really fiscal stimulus and fiscal spending, just 9.4%. That's starting to roll over too. And by my numbers, it's down, it's up only 8.3% April over April. But the Chinese government also reported for total FAI. They put it in a sort of seasonally adjusted comparable basis over the last several months. And what they said was there really wasn't much increase in FAI in January and February with reopening. And then it contracted sharply in March and again in April. So it's not just that the year over year numbers are advancing at slow rates. Over the last several months, fixed asset investment is really shrinking outright shrinking in China, which is an alarming signal. And what two months are we talking about? March and April. Two months where you're down almost a point of percentage and a half, which is an enormous decline in an economy that needs double digit rates to catch back up to what was before slow rates of growth. One final point here before we wrap this up, let's talk about Germany because that was brought up before. Germany, We've talked about the markets going back a long way. The markets have said Germany's in really bad shape. Um, but like China, in fact, related to China, Germany and Europe as a whole experienced somewhat of a rebound to start this year. Some of it was rising consumer sentiment because consumer price pressures had fallen off. Some of it was because Germany was enjoying and Europe in general were enjoying a little bit of a boost from actual reopening as China caught up from several months of being locked down and the COVID pandemic, all that stuff. There was a small minor rebound to start this year, which was overhyped into this massive renaissance and resurgence. Remember the German government count said, we're gonna avoid recession entirely. Well, again, markets never bought that narrative. And here we see all the economic sentiment that was caught up in that reopening and that rebound to start this year, rolling over and rolling over decidedly fast. The ZEW sentiment, commercial sentiment, 
minus 10.7 in May from plus 4.1 in April and as high as plus 28.1 in February. So down almost 40 points March, April, and now into May, which is consistent with what we see in German markets, which suggest massive recession. It wasn't just wasn't just uh, Germany either. The ZEW for Europe were similar, minus 9.4 in May from plus 6.4 in April and a high of t- plus 29.7 in February. And here's what the ZEW had to say. The indicator of economic sentiment has once again fallen sharply, which is confusing these people. The financial market experts, they should stop talking to the experts, start cons- consulting the financial markets themselves. They anticipate a worsening of already unfavorable economic situation in the next six months. As a result, the German economy could slip into a recession, albeit a mild one. No, maybe that's what these financial market experts are saying, but the actual financial markets are saying this is not going to be a mild recession because it is globally synchronized. And as we see with China's economic numbers, as we see with all the financial indications, there's going to be a credit crunch on top of a weak economy, a globally synchronized recession that is likely to look as bad as it was. It's likely to look in in a way that will lead us into zero interest rates over the year ahead. And so what would what would happen differently to get us into that situation? Everything that has happened so far is consistent with exactly what markets have told us to expect. And it's consistent with the process of getting to where markets are predicting we will be in the near term future. China just stuck a fork in its reopening narrative and in doing so took away maybe the last pillar the last way of avoiding the 2008 style scenario. I'm Jeff, this is Eurodollar University. Thank you very much for joining me. Huge thank you, Eurodollar University, research subscribers, Markets Insider Pro research subscribers, and of course, massive sincere thank you, all our Eurodollar University members. Until next time, take care.